What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And as promised, I'm back with the second out of three episodes today, two mailbags, one regular daily episode, and we're going to break down the, the takeaways from the Bulls preseason so far and what that may mean for the rotation, what that may mean for the team, who's going to step up, who's poised to have a big season, and are we in line maybe for some postseason awards from certain players with their play? We'll talk about all that and more in today's overreacting to preseason video right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So at the end of this video, I'm going to let you go. As know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Draymond Green situation with Jordan Poole and things like that and give my thoughts on it because I've been gone and I haven't gotten to talk general NBA things. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the daily episode today. And so taking a look at the Bulls three preseason games so far, right? And some of this that I did have to kind of look at, I had to calculate some things because they don't make like preseason numbers like easily accessible from like from a totality point you can go to each game and get the numbers but just looking at percentages and things like that so while i have been under the impression that that vooch hasn't for one shot the ball too well from three-point range he is six for 13 from three-point range so far in preseason so he's shooting the three ball actually at a really high clip and percentage adding that to his down low game adding that to everything else like vooch is is not only in line for a big extension from the Chicago Bulls, he's earning that. And if this play continues to go into the season, don't be surprised if Vooch not only signs, I still don't think it's going to be an extremely long contract. I think at the most it's probably going to be three years, probably a two plus one, something like that. But he's going to be in line for considerable money, and he's earned that. And that, that makes you feel good. Now, he does need to keep that play up in the regular season. And that's one of the things that we do want to talk about is how much of what we've seen from the Bulls so far, maybe fool's gold, how much of it is going to be things that you can actually build upon. Because I do think a lot of this is when you look at how they're going about it is going to be consistent from the season. As long as the team and the coaching staff keep going to what's working and Vooch is one of that. I don't think this play that we're seeing from Vooch is fool's gold at all. I think it's more in line with what we saw from Vooch down in Orlando. And now he's bringing that he's adapted his game up. I've been saying over the course of the summer, once we were, we, the Chicago Bulls were betting on continuity, the, the person, the one singular player, if we were going to put it on one player, that needed to benefit the most from continuity, from settling into his role, from the coaching staff realizing they did not use him or put him in the best situations in some games last season, and him admitting he was settling, was Nikola Vucevic. And we're now seeing that come to fruition and seeing his play has been just great. He's been one of the most consistent Bulls outside of DeMar DeRozan, and he's been, and he's been great in that role. Now, we got to talk about some of the negative as well, like, and if we're talking about fool's gold and what's bigger concerns or what's just preseason, is the play of Zach Levine. The play of Zach Levine has been concerning some of the more, I would say, knee-jerk reaction-y Bulls fans that just, you know, they want everything now, right? And, you know, you have the Bulls fans that just, they see everything as an issue and they overreact to it. Uh, and I think that's some of that with Zach Levine. Yes, Zach Levine is working himself back in the rhythm. Yes, you know, Zach Levine does did have knee surgery this offseason. But the one thing that we've known about Zach Levine, to think that this is going to be the Zach Levine that you're going to get, to think that Zach Levine is, is going to regress that much, I think is it, it, it is just fans being worried needlessly. Like, And don't get me wrong, if this does continue into the season, all right, yeah, let's, re, let's revamp and let's have this conversation. And while I do understand, hey, at the end of the day, you have to evaluate the performance that you're, that you're giving. And if we're being fair in the evaluation of Zach Levine's performance that we've been given, 
it is some cause for concern there. There's been some, you know, of him picking his spots. There's been some of maybe him passing in certain times where, where people want to see him score. There's been him not shooting the ball overall very effectively in a few games. But overall, I, I tend, and I said this on the live yesterday, to believe that what we're, we're going to get the real Zach Levine back. And I understand some for some fans, it's like, okay, we need to see you go hard every single game. And it's just not like that. Everybody doesn't treat the preseason the same. Zach Levine hasn't played a ton of minutes in preseason either. But with that being said, I don't, I'm not concerned about the thing about Zach Levine. If I, I do think that this is a bit of a thing that as soon as the season starts, a lot of these concerns are going to go away, in my opinion. Now, could that prove me wrong? Absolutely, there is a chance for that. But I'm not really too concerned with the up and down play or the or the 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 downplay of Zach Levine so far in preseason because I do think Zach knows when to turn it on. He's going to when he he's looked great when he has picked the spots um, at, at times. And so I'm not as concerned about the Zach Levine thing, but I do understand the fans' concern there. All right, that was a negative, right? The Zach Levine's play has not been great, but again. I'm not too worried about it. Looking at it as something that maybe need to be a concern going into the regular season, I'm not concerned about it until I am. That's my that's my thoughts on it. Now, another thing that's been a huge positive is the play of Javante Green. Javante, has, it just seems like he's just playing with a level of confidence and a level in he knows what he can go out there and do. He knows his role. And I, I said earlier that Nikola Vucevic was the player that can benefit the most off continuity. You know who, who's benefiting off that? It's Javante. He has adapted his game in many ways to be everything that the Bulls specifically need him to be. He knows when he's out there on the court, when he needs to cut, when he needs to be more out on the perimeter. And just seeing Javante and the way that he goes about, about he's gone about his game has been um, deliberate. Like, it's, it's, been, it's been purposeful. Like, he's gone about his game in a way um, that it's to fit the team. It's to fit whatever um a matchup he's out there against like he's not out there just being out on the perimeter like sometimes he was last season he's not just out there cutting he's out there being all over the floor to to quote a great in Stacey King there's five Javante Greens out there but it, it really does feel like that Javante when we need him to shoot he's shooting when we need him to cut he's cutting when we need him to play great defense he's playing defense when we need him just to be the energy guy and come in and force some turnovers play some Javante has been all of that all of that and so He's very much so benefiting off the continuity of this team, but we heard that he was working on shot this summer, but it seems like it's been more than that. He's he's settled now. He knows what this team needs of him. He knows what the coaching staff needs of him, and he knows what it seems like the faults of the other players that he's out there with, and he can better fill in those gaps. Javante could be in line for a six-man-of-the-year award, and, I, and I'm not just saying that as hyperbole. I really, truly do think when you look at the way that, that Javante's been able to produce in the minutes that he's been able to produce, and not just starting, we're mean like if Javante's given only given 16 minutes, he finds a way to be highly productive in those 16 minutes. He's been one of the most consistent bulls. Really, if we're talking about consistency, it's been DeMar, Vooch, and Javante Green. They've been the most consistent bulls in preseason, in my opinion. And Javante, who's also up for a contract at the end of this season, and in the contract year, is probably going to get paid. Now, I will say this, right? One of the things that concerns me with this is that, and again, this is Bulls fandom PTSD. I'm not comparing the players, right? But I'm comparing kind of similar situations that happened. Do you remember when we initially got John Salmons? You remember John Salmons averaged like 18 or 20 points per game that stretch when we first got him, and he looked great. And then, then we signed him to a more long-term contract, and then he kind of fell off. Then we ended up trading him. I believe we signed him to, or did we trade him before? Can't remember. But is that a little bit of that? Like, I think Javante is a much better player, but I'm not going to lie and say there isn't some concern of, okay, this is a contract year from a player that's 29 years old. Could there be some fall off? 
could there be or could this just be him being very motivated there is a little bit of concern with that with me but either way if it comes down to it and you got to sign him or not i'm signing javante green every day because even if the scoring production falls off he's still going to be somebody who hustles he's still going to be a dog he's still going to be all those things javante's filling many roles for the chicago bulls that we need and in the talk about six man of the year another thing that's been positive so far in the chicago bulls preseason is andre drummond First game, not so much. He's come along the second game. He hit three three-pointers last night, which is crazy. But Andre Drummond is shaping up to be everything that we need and wanted him to be. Has the scoring been as consistent? It hasn't been. It's kind of been more up and down. But with that being said, Andre Drummond and what he's been able to provide to us is exactly what we need. And I'm very high on his fit on this team. And as we move forward, it's going to be something that I continue to watch. But I do think that Andre Drummond with what he's able to produce in the rate that he's able to produce it in the minutes he's able to produce it in. And if that three-point shot, not, not necessarily saying I'm going to all of a sudden expect Andre Drummond to turn into this player that's taking one or two threes per game, but if it turns into a weapon that Drummond can use is that if teams leave him open out there, he can take it and hit it at a decent clip, right? I'm not expecting, uh, I'm not, like, if, if Andre Drummond takes 23s this season and hits that at a 30% clip, that is a weapon for the Chicago Bulls team and one that is that is an unexpected piece to a player's game that I was still expecting to be pretty good for him. I didn't even factor that in being a possibility that he can give that type of production. So we'll see what happens with Andre Drummond. Um, but he's a player that's definitely stood out to me so far as well in preseason and just his play and his fit. Again, first game got kind of out of whack there, but then him and Goran Dragic in the second game worked out a nice bit of chemistry. And then in the third game, we've seen Andre Drummond put up his best game so far. All right. Back to one of the negatives, or I would say more so a concern, more so than a straight negative, is the play of Kobe White. Against Denver, he looked great. Five for seven, two for four from three-point range, 15 points. In, in the game last night, while the shooting did not fall for him, he still was able to do a lot of other things. His passing came along. He played a pretty good and decent game, I will say. I'm not going to call it great. It was a decent game um, amongst other things, but that's what we saw from, from Kobe White. And I would say this, like a Kobe White that is – finds a way to be productive or finds a way to give the bull something when his shot isn't falling, it still still can be a productive piece of this team. Now, the defense is still going to be some concerns as it always is with Kobe White. But I'll tell you what, if Kobe White is motivated by the play of one Dalen Terry, which we're going to talk about next, it could push him to have a better season overall. But again, I like to see the fact that Kobe has been um, finding ways to be productive, even if he even if his shot isn't falling, which is something that I got on him a lot about last season. Another very consistent part, and I don't want to overlook it, is DeMar DeRozan. I don't have a lot to say, right? Because DeMar just goes about his game in the way that we expect and we've come to expect for DeMar DeRozan and the way that he just goes about his business. DeMar has been the most consistent player on the Chicago Bulls team. I think he scored 20 points in almost every game or close to it in all three preseason games so far. And in that time, he's gone about his work effortlessly. And that's, the, that's what you want to see from DeMar DeRozan. That's what you want to see from a player of his kind, like just to come in and do his work. And again, to talk about Zach Levine, one of the reasons that Bulls fans are concerned is because while Zach seems like he's just going through the motions in preseason, DeMar's been locked in since, since it, the preseason started, and he just keeps playing basketball. That's what DeMar DeRozan does. So I wanted to talk about him as well. I didn't want to go overlooking how consistent he's been, but we got to talk about this next player, and that's Ayo DeSumo. Ayo DeSumo has been, he's earned that starting point guard position. I talked about it in the mailbag episode that dropped earlier today. Ayo Desumu has played, again, I think him and Alex Caruso have both played really good. Gordon has been kind of up and down in the two games. He didn't play last night. 
But I think that Ayodesumu has now shown at least enough for me to say, no, Ayodesumu needs to be our starting point guard, especially when you look at the defense. Now, does he need to work on his court vision some? Yes, I think he needs to do that. I would like to see the assist-to-turnover ratio get better than what it what it has been for Ayodesumu as well. We'll see how much they're going to actually use Ayodesumu um, to actually you know set up offense and things like that. But I like Ayodesumu. I think he's earned that starting point guard role. Absolutely. He's definitely been a plus for the Chicago Bulls. And now let's talk about a player that I have not got a chance to talk a lot about, right? I didn't get to do a video because I was out of town at the time he was moved to the bench. And that's Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams has not left a lot to be desired. Do I still, am I off the Patrick Williams train? No. Do I think that uh, for some Bulls fans, like, oh, he's a bust? No, I don't think that. Like, again, I'm not one of the people who are like, oh, because you're the fourth overall pick, you need to do all this, this, and this. But I do want to see Patrick Williams be consistent. I do want to see him take his spots, right? And take them confidently, not pass up on so many shots as he's done before in his NBA career. I want to see him use a little bit, utilize a little bit better in half court as well. But he has to earn that with his play. The play of Patrick Williams, the fact that it's been so up and down, him being demoted. If in this fourth, if he but in the in the weeks of practice, or the week of practice between now, or the couple of days of practice between now and the game against Milwaukee considering Giannis is coming to well, if Giannis ends up playing, I need to see Patrick Williams play with a chip on his shoulder. Like, it's, it's, it's one thing to have all the potential talent in the world. It's another for it to just seem like you don't believe in it, right? That you don't believe in it. I need to see Patrick Williams wake up. Like, that's all that it, that's really all that it is, is that Patrick Williams needs to go out there and realize, hey, physically, physically, I'm about to compete. We'll see what the shot's falling or not, but physically, I'm about to make you feel my presence. That's what I want to see from Patrick Williams, and we have not seen that. I'm still a Patrick Williams believer. I know uh, Patrick Williams being demoted to the bench, it gave a lot of his detractors fuel and ammunition, and rightfully so. But I need to see Patrick Williams wake up. I need to see Patrick Williams get his shit in gear and take this demotion and realize this needs to be a wake-up call for me. Let me come out and go about my business in a way. Let me play so good and hit the shots that I get naturally in the flow of the offense that they have to start calling more plays for me. It, yes, in the in the preseason, I talked very much so about how Billy Donovan needs to create more for Patrick Williams and utilize him as a fourth overall pick, only averaging seven shots per game. It's a combination of both Patrick Williams and the coaching staff that has got him to those averages. But both need to work together, but he needs to step up. That's what needs to happen. Patrick Williams needs to step up. Getting the start, or Javante getting the start over you, Derrick Jones Jr. getting the start over you, who, who fell out of the rotation at the end of last season for reasons. We need to see Patrick Williams step up. That's what I want to see. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with that. So that is definitely a concern so far. How he responds to this, that concern could go away or it could become stronger. And we'll see what happens with that. Next one up that I want to talk about, Marco Simonovic. For a team that needs size, for a team that doesn't have a lot of true power forwards on the roster, and Marco could be a power forward, he could be a center, but to have a 6'11", 225-pound guy who offensively can pass shoot put the ball on the floor has a solid post game but cannot get in the game what is marco simonovich not showing in practice to where billy donovan is not using him at all billy donovan doesn't know doesn't know marco simonovich exists now he did get in the second game for six minutes in garbage time but listen it's an issue and it is definitely a concern now he's a second round pick i've been very much been of the mind that second round picks they can't be bust because they're second round picks but with that being said marco came into this we know he was a second round pick for more reasons than just basketball. It was because he was overseas. Was he going to come over? Things like that. Marco needs to step up. And the fact that he has not, the fact that he hasn't even cracked the garbage time rotation in the first game of the season, we saw 
Tony Bradley get off the bench before Marco Savonovic. We saw Kostas Antetokounmpo get off the bench before Marco Savonovic. Second game, he got six minutes in garbage time. Third game, no, no time. These are concerns for a player that theoretically has the size, the shooting, and some of the scoring at least there. Defensively, huge negative. But it has some of the things that you can, that you can eat. Oh, rebounding as well. But it cannot get off the bench. The coaching staff does not look towards him. That says a lot about where Marco is right now in his progression. And it's definitely a concern for this team. Definitely a concern. Alex Caruso, talk a little bit about him. He's been everything that, that you expect Alex Caruso to be. It's kind of hard to really evaluate Alex because it's not one any one thing he stood out doing amazingly, but it's just him playing well. Gorn, kind of iffy on Gorn. I do see the role and I do see Gorn and his veteran leadership and being a point guard off the bench, especially when him and Drummond kind of worked out that two-man game at points in the Denver game. I like that, right? I like, I like that. But let's end this on the Rook. And Daylon Terry, who has flashed every bit of the skill set that we wanted to see from Daylon Terry. Daylon Terry has been everything advertised to be earlier than what I expected him to be in. It, 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 and Daylon Terry is going to force this team into a weird situation, right? Is that do you play him and maybe not play him a lot of minutes, but you still keep him on the main roster to get those eight minutes because he's, he could earn more. Those eight minutes that he gives you is so high energy, so this and that. Do you keep him on the roster for that and he not get a lot of minutes or do you send him down to the G League where he can get 20, 25 minutes per game to really work and develop his game a little bit more? Daylon Terry is, is going to force this coaching staff to use him. And I, for one, like that. Like, there's something to be said of, okay, well, he's not going to get very many minutes more than likely on this team if he's playing NBA minutes. Okay, but what he's able to give you, what he's giving you, and hopefully in this next game against the Milwaukee Bucks, I want to see Daylon Terry get off the bench even earlier against better competition to really see what we have in him. But Daylon Terry is at least flashed a little bit of the scoring. Definitely the court vision, the passing, the defense, the energy is out of this world. Daylon Terry has, for a team that needed that dog, for a team that needed that energy guy, Daylon Terry has been all of that so far in preseason. And for me, I would hate to see that be moved to the G League when we need that off the bench. Now, if we're not going to have, Billy Donovan has gone very deep on the bench so far in preseason. If he does plan on shrinking the rotation some and get more to like a nine-man rotation, and Dalen Terry is just kind of out of that, then I do understand him going to the G League. But at this point, I think Dalen Terry's play, and it's been such a great positive, and, he, and the impact that he makes is felt, right? It's felt immediately when he gets on the court. Is he going to make rookie mistakes? Absolutely. There are going to be some games where we see Dalen make a great play, and then he makes two terrible plays back-to-back. It's going to happen. It's bound to happen. But even with that being said, there's enough in Dalen Terry's game. There's enough in the way that Dalen Terry has played that I, for one, think that Dalen Terry needs to be getting minutes for the Chicago Bulls in the regular season once it starts. But those are kind of my thoughts so far on the three preseason games, trying to just to catch up. Now, I did say I was going to end this on talking about um, Draymond Green and the Jordan Poole situation. I saw the video. You know, when the things were initially coming out, I was like, hey, listen, practice gets heated even amongst teammates sometimes. One thing that we know about Draymond Green is that contract situations, like pressures on him, he deals with that in a very different different way. Like, um, and I've now seen like the think pieces go to like how much Draymond has possibly hurt when you look at maybe forcing KD out, you know, like like things like that. Um, how much has he actually hurt the Golden State Warriors? I think for this, right? It was said that by Kavon Ludi that he has to earn the trust back of his teammates. And I think when you're looking at the younger regime of players. Being starting to get ready to take over once Steph goes away, Clay goes away, Draymond goes away, that his antics have less and less of a leeway because at some point you have to move on for you. And we know the production has dipped a little bit for Draymond and things like that. 
Going into a cap track year, has that caused the stress? Whatever it is, I look at it like this. Like, things get heated between teammates. But looking at that video, you, can ne- you, you can't excuse just going over and clocking a teammate in that way. Now, could it motivate the team? Could it be like a Steve Kerr uh, effect where now Jordan Poole is going to be the sixth man of the year? Could be some shit like that, right? But I just look at this and saying that this is a guy who's clearly not dealing with the pressures that came into the season very well, that does not excuse it at all. And this Warriors team is still locked and loaded. They're still going to be the, probably the favorites out West, all those type of things. But in a contract year, and I don't want to hear nothing about what can the Bulls give up for drink. I'm not trying to hear none of that shit. Um, but it really just boils down to Draymond has to get his shit in gear. And I look at this and I'm just like, wow, that is just, that is not what a defending champion wants to come into the season dealing with that type of bullshit. Um, but let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know your thoughts on everything down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.